This is Bethel Online. Welcome home. This is the next best thing to being at Bethel on Sundays. We are driven by making disciples of Jesus who make disciples. When you're online, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. When you're in Barhead, Alberta, drop in Sundays to Friday. Our goal on this podcast is to ask questions, challenge certainty, and grow a relationship with Jesus so you can go the distance and bring others with you. Thank you for tuning in. I can say this is only the fifth time I've ever done this in my life. Um, In over 40 years, uh, five times, this is the fifth, where I have preached my last sermon as a pastor. So uh, never get used to it. Somebody said, are you excited as I walked in today? Not really excited. Uh, It's amazing how after 40 years I'm still nervous. So I don't know what that is. But anyway, it's good to have you here. As they're collecting an offering, I have a movie for you to watch. It's just 54 seconds long. I love military homecomings. There's just something about people who have served in the military, been away from their family, and then come back. And many times they try to surprise their kids or surprise their spouse, and uh, um, they just always get to my heart. This is one that I saw this week, and uh, it's only 54 seconds. Take a moment and watch it. Those get to me all the time. Um, something about um, knowing that dad's coming home at some point in time, but you don't know when. Uh, pretty powerful. We've been talking since June about standing on the promises of God, and today we talk about the single most important promise of all, uh, the one that stands head and shoulders above everything that we've talked about so far, and that is the promise that Jesus said, I'm coming back. I will come again. Um, we don't talk about it a lot anymore. Um, the Bible says that there are more promises concerning Christ's second coming than there were concerning his first coming. There are more things in the Bible about Jesus' return than there were about his coming the very first time. Uh, we have a couple scriptures that we want to read today. Uh, one is from John chapter 14, and one is from Acts chapter 1. In fact, all through the scriptures, um, uh, You'll see promises of Christ coming, but why don't you stand with me as we read God's word together, please? I'm going to read the light ones. You're going to read the dark ones. There's not many of them today, but let's read the word of God. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. May God bless his word. That's actually Acts chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. You may be seated. Thank you. As I'm preaching today, uh, I've got some pictures from the last 16 years. They're just going to float in your your face, and so if you can pay attention uh, to me speaking and watching the pictures, that may be a little too much to ask, but whatever. Um, Christ's promise to come back to us should be a warning. In Matthew 24, Jesus talks about his return and talks about the signs of his coming. In Matthew 25, 
Jesus tells three stories. One story is called the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. Some were wise and they were ready for the bridegroom to come, and some were foolish and they weren't ready. Another story that Jesus tells in the 25th chapter of Matthew is the parable of the talents. The master gives talents to some people, some 10, some 5, some 2, and he says, you have to be responsible for what I give you. You're going to give an account for what I've given you, and when the master comes back, he will expect something from you, and Jesus told that story as a reminder that we've all been given abilities and talents and gifts and that God expects something from us. He is coming back again, and he expects something from us. And then finally, in Matthew 25, he tells the story. He says that at the end times, Jesus, the King of, King of kings, the Lord of lords, will stand and will divide the sheep from the goats. Some will go on his right hand, some will go on his left hand. Some will go to heaven, and some won't go to heaven. It should be a warning to us that Christ is coming back. Um, it's a sobering thought. Christ's promise of his coming back should be a motivation to us. It should spur us on to greater faithfulness. Jesus once asked his disciples in Luke chapter 18, when the Son of Man comes back, will he find faith on the earth? Isn't that an amazing question to ask you? He hasn't even left yet. And he's wondering whether or not when he comes back, there'll be faith on the earth. Because he knows he's coming back. The question is, will they be ready for him? Christ's promise to come back, again, is not thought of a lot these days. Uh, in fact, even in the very earliest days, within a hundred years of Christ going away, the people began to question whether Jesus would actually come back. They actually began to question and doubt his word. This is what Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 3. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By that same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You see, there's only one thing that's keeping Jesus from returning. There's only one thing. And that's the fact that there are people who need to be brought into the kingdom of God. There are people who are lost. There are people who will perish. And Jesus delays his coming for one reason and one reason only. God doesn't want people to perish. He wants as many people to be brought into the kingdom as possible. That's why we said last week in talking about the church, the church's number one mission has been, always will be, always must be, preaching the gospel and seeing people come to know Jesus Christ. That's our number one mission. That's what the church is to do all the time because there's only one thing that's keeping Jesus from coming back. It's that people don't know Jesus. And God wants as many people to be brought into the kingdom as possible. And so we need to be busy 
doing the things that God's called us to do. When Jesus told his disciples he was leaving, that he was going to prepare a place for us, that where he is, there we might be, the thought was that above all else, Christ's promise to return should bring comfort and hope for us. The hope of heaven and Christ's return means there's more than just this life. This is transitory. This is temporal. This is not eternal. We hang on to this life so much, but Jesus was warning us over and over and over again, what you see and what we hold on to in this life so strongly is just temporary. He's coming back and all this will be gone. In fact, in one portion of scripture, it says that God will fold up the earth like a washcloth and toss it aside because there's a new heaven and a new earth on the way. You see, Jesus is coming back again and it needs to be our hope and it needs to be our comfort. The hope of heaven and Christ's return means there's more than just this life. We are in short-term housing. This is not long-term housing for us, folks. It's short-term. And this is going to end. And God has so much more for us. The hope of heaven and Christ's return means that those who've gone on before us are not gone forever. But we will see them again. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, certainly will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so will we be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Uh, sometimes as you watch the pictures, you'll see pictures of um, child dedications. What you won't see on the screen are funerals. Um, largely because we don't take pictures of those, do we? And yet they play such a big part in our lives. They play such a big part in our lives. And one of the things of being a pastor, one of the joys, obviously, is seeing people come to Christ. One of the joys of seeing people dedicated. Uh, one of the joys is, is leading youth and doing all those things. Those are all your joys. One of the sad things, but also mixed in it with a sense of joy, is presiding over funerals especially of those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. Because we remind people that those who've died, it's not the end. They've gone on to be with the Lord, and one day we will see them again. One day we will be with them again. And so I think of Irma, and I think of Eileen, and I think of Don Huseman, and I think of many people in the past, and I can't even begin to uh, mention all of them, Scotty, and, and so many people that... We have presided over their funerals. Um, it's sad. It's always sad to lose somebody. But the hope of seeing them again is what we offer to people. The hope of their home in heaven for eternity is what we talk about. And it's our joy that we talk about it. And so we encourage one another with these words. The promise of Christ's coming is our hope. And it's what we need to talk about. 
We said last week as we talked about the church, that the church isn't the building, it's about people. And we've tried over the last, this last picture show, to show you people. People that we've ministered to and people that have been a part of this assembly and the church goes on. Church is more than just a building. I want you to think about that video I just showed you. Um, I want you to see it as a parable. We're going to watch it again in just a minute. But I want you to see it as a parable. I want you to see yourself in that video that I just showed you. You see, like the little boy, we too know that Jesus is coming back again. He's promised that he's going to come back. And we know it's going to happen. And in the meantime, we carry on with life. Many times struggling and fighting our way through life and holding on to life as best we can. We know he's coming, we just don't know when. And I don't know why they got the poor kid blindfolded other than to surprise him with dad, but sometimes we're a little bit like that. We fight through life and we don't fully see everything as we need to see it or as we could see it. There's things that we don't understand and yet we struggle and we fight through life and, and we try our best to make it through. And sometimes, sometimes... In the midst of our struggle, we hear God's voice calling our name. And it pauses us. It causes us to stop and think for a minute. Jesus? Jesus isn't here. And so we keep on fighting and doing our own little thing, and then he calls us again. And we pause one more time. And we remind ourselves he's coming again. Yes, he's coming again. But we keep on fighting until finally, finally, the voice gets through. And it's no longer the voice that's way off there. It's the voice that's right next to me. It's the voice that's right here with me all the time. And the little boy rips his blindfold off and hugs his dad. I believe, I believe. That's only a very faint picture of what the day will be like when God calls us by name. And we're reunited with him. And we see the one who said he was coming back. We don't know when. We don't know how. But we know he's coming. I want you to watch this video one more time. We'll put an end to the slideshow for a minute. What a powerful name it is. Amen? Uh, let me say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity uh, over 16 years to minister and share the word of God. Uh, to be your pastor. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you. Many of you have uh, been very generous and very kind, giving us cards and gifts, and thank you for that. Thank you for the opportunity to share and uh, for uh, making this our home for the last uh, little while. Um, as I said before, sometimes uh, when a person leaves a place, um, often you're filled with great gratitude. Sometimes you're filled with regret, thinking you could have done more. You could have said more. You could have been more. Um, but I've learned over 40 years to leave those things in the hands of God. You do what you can and let God do the rest. We said years ago in Killarney, actually a church previous to here, um, I remember a Sunday afternoon, Elaine and I were sitting on the pew or at home together on the couch, and God was just doing incredible things in the church, and we were just really thankful. And uh, 
I remember very clearly, I said to Elaine, one thing is for sure, I'm not going to take any credit for anything that goes on here. Uh, all credit belongs to God. But I said, I'll tell you one more thing, I ain't taking the blame either. <laughs> I ain't taking the blame. This is God's church, amen? It's not a church of a pastor. You guys are blessed beyond words to have Pastor Bob Jones coming. He spent 29 years in Edmonton at Central Tab and North Point. And uh, as I said to Teresa, you have hit the lottery. As far as pastors coming, you are very blessed and uh, very, it's going to be very good for you. So the church moves on, amen? Church moves forward. So thank you. God bless you. Oh, gosh. I'm going to ask you, Pastor Dave, if you could just stay up here, and Elaine, if you could come up here. Uh, if I could have the board members that are here, if you could please come forward. We're going to pray for Pastor Dave and Elaine. And so the board members that are here, we're going to have them gather around Pastor Dave and Elaine, uh, put their hands on, on them. And then if anybody else would like to come uh, up to put, lay your hands on them, you may. If you feel comfortable where you're sitting to just outstretch an arm, we're going to pray a prayer of blessing on them as they conclude their, their ministry. So uh, if you feel comfortable to put out an arm, you can. If you would like to come up, please come up. And uh, we're just going to bless him, this, bless, the, bless both Pastor Dave and Elaine this morning. Dear Father, we just thank you for this, for Pastor Dave and, and Elaine, for the, for the life that they, they've led, for the service that they have done. Lord, we know that in your, in your eyes, retirement doesn't happen, that you open a new page and a new, new chapter in their life. And Lord, as they follow you, we pray, Father, that your peace will rest upon them, that they'll be able to bless those that they, they come in contact with, but more importantly, that they'll be obedient to you and that they will will bring you glory. We just pray, Lord, that you just be with them as they journey forward. Pray this in your name. Amen.